Hello, everyone. Or should I say, say shalom, everyone? That was hard to say that one. Welcome to the Quo Vadis Podcast, the Catholic podcast that helps to begin with the end in mind. I'm Taylor Geiger, and that's Father Mark. Hi, Father Mark. Shalom. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I love, I love shalom. I love it. Why? I, I don't have a good reason why. I think the first time I ever heard it, I liked the way it sounded. And then, you know, I learned it's a greeting of peace and like, you know, like like a, a peace be with you kind of a greeting. I'm like, that's pleasant. No, I should is. use that more often. And I think hi just kind of loses something. You know, shalom is nice. Well, is it shalom in particular or is it, you know, just greeting someone in another language? Because I know people that yeah. kind of enjoy like, you know, bonjour or whatever it is. Like uh, just sort of okay. like, you, you know, know what I mean? You know other people. That's you. <laughs> What do you, mean? you do it all the time. So when we were at, when you were at Roncalli with me, yeah. all the foreign exchange students, like like if, if you if you if you knew Polish, you'd always greet them in Polish. Uh, we had an employee at Roncalli who I think is still there, who is from Haiti, <laughs> and you would often <laughs> greet him right. in Haitian. So that's that's right. you, man. <laughs> what? I'm not. I'm not. It's not an accusation. I just. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But the. I mean, they're my people. Yeah. Like, they're I, my people. Like well, that's why I do that. Wait, who's your people? Well, I'm I'm a quarter Polish. I thought you were Bohemian. Yeah, I'm mostly. Oh, I'm not t- totally. But the Haitians aren't your people, not in that sense. They're my brothers in the Lord. That's right, the brothers. Sac passe, baboule. I actually heard someone. Gin dobre. That. That's what it is in Polish. I had to think for Gin a second. Dobre. Gin dobre. Yeah, Good day. I'm pretty sure we were. How oh, we were together somewhere recently, and there was. Um, oh, I think it was actually the walk to Mary, and there were there were Polish. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, there, yeah. there were some Polish pilgrims walking, yep. and uh, you were like, go up to them and say, what what is it? Gin dobre. Gin dobre. And I was like, yeah. I was like, no. And you're like, why not? I'm like, I don't trust you. What if that's not actually what it is? <laughs> I just thought you were setting me up for failure. Like, no. I was going to walk up and then go, what's up, you idiots, or something <laughs> like that, you know? <laughs> just like, I don't trust you. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I didn't do it. I know. I, I did. You, did you? Yeah. No. Oh. I did make a fool of myself because um, I, had, I had the privilege of, of visiting Poland. It was over uh, Holy Week. Okay. So I was there for the, the Triduum and all that. Wait, when was this? Uh, a couple years ago. Okay. This wasn't this year. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is when I was still in seminary, so in 2017. And we were there for the Easter Vigil. And it was it was amazing. And I don't know, maybe we spoke about this already. But after the Mass, after the Easter Vigil, they, I mean, they had an orchestra, voices, instruments, like the whole shabbat. I think you have mentioned that on here, actually. And yeah. they played for at least an hour after the Mass. I mean, this is late. I mean, they started late. It's a long Mass. They did all the readings. I mean, this was like full-blown, like, you know. Going for it, yeah. And um, we stayed for an hour after. They kept playing. And so, I don't know. I I presumably they just kept on. Yeah. But there was one particular hymn that really stuck out to me. And I just remembered I pieced enough of those like sounding words to like figure out what it is. <laughs> and um, I really enjoyed this one. So like, it's sort of my Easter tradition. Like when I get done, I blast this one. Oh, okay. And um, so I'm like, Oh, and we was like, you know, Easter time I was telling them about when I was there. I'm like, I love this hymn. And I started singing it to them. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, we don't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> they said, we haven't, oh. we haven't, we haven't been to Poland in a while. So, they made it seem like it was more of like a, a more modern or more oh, recent okay. hymn. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing about, I didn't, I mean, sure. I don't, I don't really know what it's saying, yeah. but hallelujah. I know it says hallelujah, <laughs> but um, I sang it for him. I'm just like, oh my gosh, they're going to know this. Like they had no idea. No idea. <laughs> no idea. Thought you were so cultured. You're like, hey, check this out. Nope. Like, no, nope, none of them. All three of them. None of them had any idea. So 
That was funny. It was that humbling. Is, that is pretty humbling. Yep. I feel like that would probably be my experience if I was trying to like like appear cultured, you know, like to another culture. Like, oh yeah, totally. I I know about this and this. I mean, in my mind, that would be like me going up to like a group of Hispanic people and be like, I love Chipotle. Like like the restaurant, it's so good, right? You guys love that place. They're like, <laughs> what are you talking about, man? <laughs> I love Taco Bell. I do though. I legitimately do. <laughs> you actually do love Taco Bell. I, do love I know Taco you do. Bell. I know. I feel like that was my uh, solemnity treat. I don't think that's I, probably. <laughs> counts but on friday of the sacred heart yeah. to talk about to yeah. i have this um this reoccurring event in my life where i don't typically crave taco bell hmm. unless it's like 9 p.m and for some reason i really want taco bell and like it's not all times every once in a while but sure. all of a sudden kind of get that craving and i've done it a couple of times we're like a late night you know like rachel and i like let's just do it let's get some taco bell you know i gotta go fix some taco bell and eat it and I've always regretted it at yeah. 9 p.m. It's never a good idea. Like, my body is like... Is like Are you saying it's, it's never a good idea in general or at that time? At that time. Okay. At that time. Okay. Yeah. I, I love Taco Bell. Yeah. It's great. But I'm like... I'm just saying, like, my body at that point is, like, beginning to kind of, like, slow down and get mm-hmm. ready for bed. Mm-hmm. You're right. And, like, here I am is shoving it full of Taco Bell. And it's like, what are you doing? And it's just, like, <laughs> looking at you, like, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> seriously? <laughs> We're going to make you pay for this. <laughs> we won't have our revenge it's it's rough man it's rough (laughs) well anyway you were on vacation uh this past week so a uh a little trade secret here we had recorded that episode with father mike brennan some time ago um uh which is why i love how you just spill i know oh oh, just you guys none of this is just a bleeding heart man yes yeah it's a bleeding everyone yeah we are we are an open book there is no iconostasis in front of in front (laughs) of our in front of us here there's no mystery (laughs) anyways you're on vacation i was how was your vacation man it was outstanding Yeah. yeah i got together with a group of priests from wisconsin we all studied in seminary together so we have a fraternal group, we call it, or sometimes people call it a... So these are guys from different dioceses, I correct. presume, as well? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, actually, all except one. So four out of the five dioceses of Wisconsin is, is represented in our fraternal group. Can I guess which one is not represented? <laughs> sure. Superior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, it's outstanding. We do this every, well, every year. We, this is the third year we have done this. But one of them, their folks have a place up north, actually near the uh, UP border, near Manitwish Waters. So... We've done that for the last three years now, and it's just, I'm so grateful. It's like the fact that our calendars line up, five of us, that we are able to spend it's a whole incredible. week. I know, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Just it really like, is. it's like, dear Lord, thank you. Um, So it's outstanding. We're on a lake, and we just, we have a great little routine and schedule that we do. So we just kind of get up whenever, go for a nice little swim to wake up, and then we get the keys to the uh, local church, which is about... Ah, uh, four miles away, something like that. Mm. But they don't they don't have uh, daily mass often because that priest has multiple parishes like sure. most do in the Diocese of Superior. So they essentially just give us the keys and just like, yeah, here we go. so we, we pray together, we celebrate mass together. Do people join you like from the no, parish? No, no okay. No. They've got one evening mass and then one morning mass during oh, okay. the week. Nice. So, um, so it, it just works out really slick and we all just take turns celebrating mass. And, nice. Which is kind of neat because as a priest... Um, I don't often hear another priest preach because oh. I'm usually celebrating, right? Yeah, so I it's guess, like, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. like I hear myself. And I think like, you probably hear Bishop preach often enough because either UMC or you're celebrating the liturgy with him, but I guess yeah. other priests probably not there that often. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it's, sort of a, it's sort of a treat. Like, I mean, this, like, this is a very, you know, I suppose, specific thing for myself, but I don't often hear other priests preach. Now, yes, you could go on YouTube. You could go on. I could. Well, yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. 
but it's just kind of nice like okay here we go just so uh, okay i'm listening okay so you guys do you can celebrate the mass yes every time yes okay so then you so did you have a round to preach i think did you have your time yes to preach? i did okay what's that like to prepare a homily for other for, for bro- not only brother priests but also like just like close friends mm-hmm. like is that is that awkward like is that harder like do you find like you have to do a different route than usual is it not that much different i don't know i think i'd be thrown off yeah it's not that much different i mean the nice thing is that we kind of tailored it to priesthood you know because we all that similar you know fair enough um i mean but the most nervous i ever got for a homily was preaching in front of my confreres in seminary so my whole class Mm -hmm. there's about 60 of us something like that and this was like the first round that we're actually like preaching so it wasn't a real homily it was a practice homily. but um you know looking for volunteers and it, my formator was the one teaching us. So, and he was from the East Coast, like, Mark, why don't you come and preach? And just like, oh, my God. Like, and I'm so thankful there was a podium. It's the first time my knees, like, I, I have the experience of, like, my knees knocking, like, like shaking. shaking yeah. My knees were shaking. <laughs> like, and I'm so glad there was a podium there. And um, so that's the only time I've really been super nervous. I mean, there was a little bit of that, you know, when it's family or close, you, you, really, you know, you want to do a really good job. You know, mm-hmm. like, for my siblings' weddings, for instance, it's like, well, don't you always want to do Of course, I always want to do a good job. But there's maybe just that little added, like, sure. you know. But with these guys, I, mean, I don't have that. We're just, we're, we're bros. Yeah. So it's just do, like. Do you guys heckle each other at the end of Mass? Like, where you're like, are you ever like, dude, what were you talking about in your homily, man? <laughs> do you no, ever heckle each other? No, not usually. <laughs> okay. But um, I almost booed during one of them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because they brought up, and now this is going to happen again. They brought up Father Scott. Yeah. So. <laughs> And something that he said, <laughs> I was this close. I've never booed during yeah. a homily, but I thought, like, this that is the close, time, this time. Huh? I did not, though. I refrained. I, I got it. And now he's come up in the he's. It's come up in the, in the podcast, podcast again. again. I gotta admit, um, because I I know your aversion to to him being brought up, I've I've tried to scheme different ways in my mind to bring him up, like every time, like naturally as possible. Like, mm-hmm. um, a couple weeks ago, we were doing some spring cleaning, and um, it, we always use like newspaper, like to wash the windows, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I always use use the compass because that's the one <laughs> newspaper I get, and like so I, I keep some old copies of it and throw after it up, you've and throw read it. it. Oh, of course, but I keep it up top, then like in our cleaning area, and it was a really old one, like where. It's like they're like people are thanking their priests, you know, for their oh, priesthood and like that. Priesthood I, Sunday, yeah, that was. And I open it up, and there's Father Scott's mug right there, and I was like, like look at that guy, there he's he everywhere. There he is. <laughs> I was gonna be like, I was, gonna, when you, I was waiting for you to ask me one week, like, how was your weekend? And I was gonna be like, oh, well, actually, you know, I was cleaning, and I saw Father Scott's face, and yep. work it in supernaturally, yep. but it didn't yep. work out that way. So we're bringing up him up again, though. He's just always, but he's, no more. He's, he's omnipresent on he this is. on this podcast. He's the ever looming. <laughs> thoughts and voices hanging out with us it's crazy i don't think he listens to it so the only reason this gets to him is if somebody mentions it. that's true i don't believe he's a follower he may not be he may not be he's is, busy studying right now that is or true su- or supposed that's right to be. That's, that's, so far as guy if you're listening go back to your studies now <laughs> go, back go back and read code. now and right now he's telling us you can't tell me what to do and exactly. i can tell you what to do yep. go do it because i can't hear you so it works out really well yep. so anyway a couple of updates here for you guys before we jump into the t- today's topic um so we're gonna have father john gerardi back on the show um sometime soon we have not solidified a date but it will be soon he's expressed interest to be here so if you have any more questions about the catholic faith in general um about liturgy about theology um about the state of the church in the world i mean on anything his impressions right we never got to that that's right he's got impressions too we got to get some impressions so email us your question do quovadpod at gmail.com q-u-o-v-a-d 
pod at gmail.com. Um, and then we'll send you a sticker again if you if you send us a question. So please do. Um, it'll be lovely to do that. And then um, just on another kind of a just I guess a general update and check-in. So Father Mark and I have made mention of a couple of times on the podcast, just kind of in passing, but just a little more officially. So Rachel and I are expecting baby number two um, at the end of June Yay. here. And so um, if there happens to be uh, some time period in which you guys don't hear from us for a while, well, you might be able to kind of deduce that that's because the baby came <laughs> and, uh, and so I'll be taking a little bit of time off when the baby does come. And so, um, if there's kind of an odd break in the shows, just so you're aware, cause obviously it can happen anytime, uh, you know, starting now, I suppose. And are you so shooting for, are you hoping for a particular date? Well, I mean, the due date is June 28th. Um, I, I would near Aeneas. Is it? I believe so. Oh, there you go. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm not, I'm not hoping for a particular date. I'm pretty okay. sure. Like the day, right right around there is the Feast of Saints Peter and Paul as well. The 29th. So, 29th, there you it's go. also so, Father Jose's birthday. Be, oh, hey, hey, Mazel Tov. That's exciting. So, yeah. so yeah, so just so people are aware that if there's a little bit of a weird break, that'd be why um, I'm taking care of the new little baby Geiger. And so please keep us in your prayers. Um, please pray for a good, healthy, safe, and holy delivery um, and pregnancy, and all will be well from that point. Then you'll hear from me again at some point, eventually in the in the cosmos anyway so so we're, we're talking about retreats today we're talking about taking a retreat so actually to kind of start off with this father mark the priests of the diocese of green bay are going on retreat starting today is that correct that is correct all right so what so tell me why why does that happen to begin with i mean because you guys have something called clergy congress which happens mm-hmm. a little bit later that's mm-hmm. a little more formal is my understanding there's you know some updates and that kind of stuff maybe but so why why goes an entire diocese with all the priests on retreat and mm-hmm. where do you guys go and what happens yeah yeah. So there's really, I mean, there's a couple of times that the priests gather throughout the year. Uh, we have the Chrism Mass during Holy Week, ordinations, another opportunity, clergy congress, as you alluded to, uh, which is, yeah, I mean, it's more formal. It's more informational, formational. Um, okay. You know, we bring in speakers to cover a topic, whereas retreat is more obviously on the spiritual end. So. Sure. Uh, in the past, my understanding was is that priests here had different options to go on retreat. So there was one here, one here, one here. You can kind of fill in. Then I'm not sure when it changed, but we said let's let's get everybody together. You know, we'll get a, a speaker, a, a retreat leader. So that's what we do. So it's an opportunity to gather as brother priests, um, but to pray. I mean, that's the purpose of a retreat is to spend that time with the Lord with one another. So leave aside the things of the parish. So most parishes probably aren't having mass this week. Uh, if you wonder, well, where's Father? He's on retreat. <laughs> he's on retreat. <laughs> he's, he's got. He's got. A, he's got a good excuse. Um, but to bring together to us to grow one another in our relationship with Jesus, but also with one another. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. I look forward to it. It's, yeah. I mean, it's just great, especially now because I think as people are gathering together yep. again, yep. um, it's just right and just. So where do you guys go for your retreat? Yeah, and we we go to the Green Lake Conference Center. Oh, I love it there in Green Lake, Wisconsin. So yeah. that hasn't always been. I think they used to go to. Um, and now the name changed. Uh, Fox Hills in Michigan. Oh, yeah. And I yep. think it's called Par 5 or something. Yeah, so they used to go there because uh, Bishop Felton would talk about, I mean, they used to have a lot more priests. Mm-hmm. And they used to just, yeah, they'd take the place over. So because <laughs> um, there are a lot more priests, I mean. Sure. So uh, but we go to Green Lake, which nice. is good. So it, it's it's outside of the diocese, a little bit of a drive. But if you've never been, it's it's gorgeous. It it's really beautiful. Is I beautiful. believe it's a Baptist. I think so. Yep. Yeah. 
we used to actually that was always the place that we took our retreats back in high school. So all the, like mm-hmm. the, all the light team retreats used to be at Green Lake Conference Center. So I, th- I think you're right. I do think it's a Baptist, I mean, but it's 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 a huge kind of a complex. So I mean, like it's it's like several several buildings. Yep. Um, I think they have a full hotel on there on campus as well. Mm-hmm. It's a massive place and just beautiful. The landscape yep. there is incredible. Right, Green right, right, Lake. Yeah, yeah, right, right in the lake. Yeah, it's yep. very it's very cool. So, yep. so we're talking like today. The topic is going to be why and how to take a retreat. So I guess let, let's start with the why. Why take a retreat at all? So, I mean, to begin with, it's just as simple as, I mean, like you guys might know it's a theme here when it comes to some of our topics. We take our cue from Christ. Uh, Christ was seen very often retreating uh, from, from not only from the, uh, from the apostles, from his disciples, from followers who were with him, but he'd often retreat to go and be with the Father and spend time with the Father in prayer. And that's kind of where we take our cue from. Of Why do we take retreat at all? Well, let's start right there because Christ himself did it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that that really is kind of the, 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 the premise of why Christians have taken retreats for us as long as we've been Christians. Um, it seems like um, even from all the early church writing as well, I mean, there is kind of this sense of this need to just pull back from the world for a, for a bit. Like, you're living in the world, you're part of the world, but every once in a while, you got to just take a step back. You have to just be, go and be with the Father. And I think that kind of is a good way to, for us to talk about why we personally, you and I, take retreats personally. Why do we do this? And so, if you wouldn't mind, I mean, why, why do you take a retreat at all? Mm-hmm. What, what, what benefit is there? Why yeah. do it? Yeah. I mean, it's sort of the twofold that you've, you know, that you pointed out. It's, okay, Christ did it, but then also, as you said, the need. Like, we just need this. I mean, all of us that live in the world. Not everybody lives in the world. I mean, there are cloistered nuns. I don't, I wonder if they take a retreat. I feel like kind of their life is one long one. <laughs> one long retreat. But um, <laughs> for those that live in the world, we have responsibilities. We have duties. Uh, it's part of our vocation life, whatever it might be. Um, and the world can just sort of take over. And we got to get this done. We got to move this, that, kind of all over the place. And, the, and the, you know, we're called to make time for the Lord in the midst of that. But the, the retreat is such a privileged opportunity just to stop, leave everything behind, and just come follow me. Yeah. Come be with me. Um, we absolutely, I mean, we absolutely need that. So, um, priests are encouraged to take a retreat every year. We get that as part of our sort of time away. So we need that. Um, but it's just that time just to, to come, you know, come and see, I guess that's the, as, as John the Baptist pointed out, Jesus to Andrew and the other disciple, it's like, where are you staying? Like, come and see, um, just to, to, yeah, close out the things of the world to a certain extent. Uh, so we can really just focus on him. Yeah, there really is. I mean, in in my experience as well. I mean, again, I mean, it seems seamless to a priest experience. Is that you I mean things just kind of get busy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've found, for me personally, um, my prayer life can get—I don't want to say dry, but it can get almost too routined. As, mm-hmm. as I think the routine, the discipline of a prayer life is really, really important. Right? Huge. It, it, it keeps you grounded. It keeps things level. It keeps you understanding really what it is you're working for each day. It helps kind of give each day an end in mind, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're not just going to go about your normal day. But sometimes you got to just once in a while, just kind of liven it up a little bit. You got to be intentional about how you step away. Mm -hmm. And I guess the analogy, I mean, is, is very simple is, um, is even like, like, like in marriage, I mean, in marriage, like, you know, you, you have a routine with your spouse, you have things you guys do and they're very good and they're holy and they're important and they're practical. 
But then sometimes it's important for you and the spouse, for, for the spouses, to just kind of get away together for even just a weekend. You mm-hmm. know, like just a little bit of time. And I think uh, I think a lot of spouses almost kind of naturally have this built in a little bit when it comes time for their anniversary. That's very common, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if, even if you have kids, you know, you call the grandparents, you call sitter, whatever it is, say, can you take the kids for the weekend, or if you're just a day or two and you just get away together and you just go, even if it's just going somewhere just to sleep for like you know like a, you know for a couple hours, you go for a nice dinner. You don't really have those responsibilities kind of bogging you down. Just enjoy each other's company that really is kind of what a retreat kind of comes down to in relationship with the lord is you recognize that these things are good and that you don't have to get rid of all these other things and that a retreat experience isn't the norm in the spiritual life but it's a chance for you to go away and just be with the lord and be intentional and work on that relationship with him and i think that um yeah, I mean, I guess in, in, in my own personal life, that's really kind of why I started taking retreats as an adult. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like I always enjoyed the retreats when I was in high school. Um, those were always very much so planned and, you know, someone else ran them and I was just there as a participant and that kind of stuff. And I realized as I got older, I'm like, I, I think I need that again. I don't think I can just keep on just doing the normal day-to-day stuff without having even just a weekend to just get away for a little while. And I found that extremely helpful, at least for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. And, and to be able to come to that realization, I mean, I, I'm not sure who's obviously all going to listen to this, but I imagine, you know, some people may have had retreats in the past, different experiences, but I feel like by and large, you know, most people probably haven't had one, yeah. uh, safe to say, or if they have, it's probably been pretty limited. So um, if you're thinking to yourself, man, I, I don't know if I've ever been on a retreat. I wonder if that'd be good. It'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be good. Like, I mean, that's probably a little bit of the conclusion to this episode, but um, the importance and need, which we already talked about, but it's just to really encourage people, whatever that looks like, and we can talk about that. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's it's so necessary, so needed. But you came to that. You said, you know, okay, you, you recognize that when yeah. you're helping out and all this stuff, but but for yourself, I mean, when you're running, obviously it's different. Like you're doing all this in order to make it a good experience for those that are on retreat, yep. but it's not really a retreat for you. I yeah. mean, when someone's no, in charge, it's just bit. sort of yeah. like, you know, but to allow that somebody else to do that for you yeah. so that you can just be just to set all the parameters so you can be with the Lord. Yeah. Um, it's huge. Yeah, it really is. And I think that, you know, when I, again, looking back in my own life, um, why I continue to take retreats as an adult was very much so framed by the retreats I had back in high school. I mean, so back in high school when I was part of my uh, youth group back in Manitowoc, um, there was, we, we always had, uh, there's always like, there used to be a fall and a spring retreat. I think they kind of eventually went just to one of them just cause it got to be a little bit much. Um, but whenever we took those, there was always a lot of beauty in terms of my relationship with the Lord. I always found that I, I grew somewhat deeper in my relationship with the Lord each time, but it was different every time too. You know, the, the first treat I ever went on, um, was kind of like my more conversion experience where I, I really came to know the Lord was real and, and came to love him. And that was a powerful retreat. Second one, also powerful, but different, you know, that was, didn't have that same kind of, you know, mountaintop experience there. But then every year, um, just diving a little bit deeper into that relationship, I knew that those were very important to my spiritual life. And I knew they were important because every time they were coming up and, you know, the youth minister would make the announcement, hey, you know, our fall retreat's coming up in, you know, a month. We're looking for people to start signing up, whatever it is. I'd always just get so excited. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go on that retreat. And so I knew that it was important for me to find that time for retreat. And so I think the why behind the retreat is just so obvious, right? Like it's not only did Christ set the precedent for this to go and be with the father, to go and spend time alone with him and just be with him, to let him love you and to let him uh, come to know you and him, you know, in a much deeper way. Um, but then also because we've had a good experience with them. But I think when it comes down to it, then sometimes people might be listening and say, well, and how do you take a retreat? So, um, I think 
it might be good for us to start with how do each of us take a retreat? So how, how, do, how do each of us kind of go about this? And so would you mind starting? How do you take a retreat when you go on mm-hmm. retreat? Yeah, so when I take a retreat, um, this harkens back to, uh, I guess, an early an earlier episode, uh, one hey. of our first, right? Silence. Hey! Yeah, so... It's a good the, one. Go listen to it. Oh, man, it is a good one. The need for silence, you know, listen to that episode. Actually, I preached on it this past weekend. Um, the, the need for silence because we had very, you know plant-based readings, you know, the, the, the seed grows and, and the tender shoot and all these things, right? And I talked about, you know, like, well, how do they grow? And it's like, well, they need, you know, soil and water and sunshine, we know all that stuff. But it's like, no, they grow silently. Like, you don't mm. hear the leaves growing. You don't hear the corn, like, pop out of the, the you know what I mean? It's like popping off, like, you know. Um, we It grows silent. And like, it's, it's yeah. the same thing in our spiritual life. So I, I take a silent retreat. Now, you know, early on, I did not. It was more of a preached retreat that we had a director that sort of give conferences. We would kind of chew on what he gave to us. Um, but as I got older, not terribly old, but <laughs> as I as I grew spiritually, I guess, um, I just knew the need for silence. So when I go on retreat, I go on a silent retreat. So um, usually by myself, uh, phone is shut off, you know, electronics are shut off, all those things. And I'm just, I'm silent. Yeah. I'm silent. So um, I do... Uh, have a spiritual director that I'll meet with daily just to talk about what's what's happening in prayer. So I'll kind of come, you know, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll pray a few holy hours and see what kind of bubbles up uh, in prayer. And I'll, I'll share with the spiritual director the importance and need just, just have somebody else to bounce off of. I mean, we can have a good sense of where the Lord's leading us, but it's just so, it's just so, it's such a blessing to have somebody that especially has the experience of, of living the spiritual life for some time for them just to be like, hear it. And be like, okay, yep, that's that's you're on the right track. Or like, no, no, no. Like, I mm. think it's this. I think it's this. <laughs> so I, I, I do have. I need a spiritual director. I need to talk to some. Yeah. Not that I need to talk, but I need to no, run it past somebody sure. to help direct where I'm going. So that's yep. usually where I go. So, and I've gone different places. Most recently, uh, a Carmelite monastery in our diocese mm. that's uh, that hosts that for priests and priests alone. So we have the space to do that there. So and I, and I first time ever, I, I zoomed a spiritual director in. Um, <laughs> Actually, it was FaceTime, but still, like, sure. it worked out really well, actually. I was a little skeptical, but it worked out great. So, do it in silence. I usually do five full days um, with a spiritual director. Yeah. Yeah. And when I was, um, so when I decided to take a retreat on my own, um, when I was an adult, I decided also to do a silent retreat. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I actually, just before we even, I even get into the more than minutia of, of what I was doing on the retreat and, you know, kind of advice for people to do those things, um, I remember after my first retreat, right, right, right before, or right after, one of those two, I was still working at Roncalli, and one of the students there had asked me like, "Oh, what are you doing for your retreat?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm taking a three-day silent retreat for a weekend." And they're like, "Oh, so like, like you're quiet for like, like, like the first day?" And I was like, "No, I'm quiet the whole time." <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, "Wait, so like you're totally silent the whole time?" And I'm like, "Yep, like I, I don't talk." Um, unless, you know, I, obviously I'm spoken to, I'm not going to be rude, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but you know, I, I don't talk, um, and I don't, I turn off my phone. I don't I listen to music. I don't have any podcasts. I don't have anything at all. Just complete silence. And they just gave me the look of just complete and utter shock and like a little bit of terrifying, you know, eyes became behind that look too. So I think that really can be incredibly daunting for people. This idea of like, go take a silent retreat, right? And so, mm-hmm. but I, so we'll give some advice for, for that a little in the, coming up here in a little bit. But when I took my silent retreat, I always went to um, Holy Resurrection Monastery in St. Nazian's, Wisconsin with the uh, the Ruthenian Byzantine monks out there. 
Um, and I, I chose that place because obviously being with monks, I mean, like they live a pretty contemplative, quiet life. And so it's mm-hmm. not going to be a busy place at all. I mean, the monks are doing their daily chores as usual, but they're not usually chatting with, with each other too much. They're kind of just doing their work as normal. There's time built in for silence with for them already. Um, and I told them that I wanted to be a silent retreat and, you know, they respected that. And they mm-hmm. were just like, come eat with us and, you know, you can help yourself to coffee and just kind of have the grounds to be here. And so, um, yeah, I mean, so I always took those, I always took that retreat with, with the monks. And um, I think let's just start off by saying this. When it comes to how to take a retreat, first of all, if the idea of silence, of a whole weekend of silence, like fills you with utter dread to the point where you wouldn't take the retreat, perhaps you're not ready for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's other options to take different retreats. I know that um, a lot of local parishes offer weekend retreats or even day retreats, so make sure you check with your local parish. Um, the Diocese of Green Bay offers retreats once in a while from the different offices. Sometimes it's for families, sometimes it's just for mm-hmm. young adults, sometimes, you know, those kind of things. Um, uh, Catholic Youth Expeditions in our mm-hmm. Diocese of Green Bay offers wonderful retreats for high school students, for young adults, uh, for families, I think as well. Um, those are all not silent retreats unless they're specified as silent retreats. But they're mm-hmm. not usually uh, they're not usually quiet. And there's people who are leading the retreat for you. There's things planned. You don't have to kind of have your own schedule. They kind of give you a schedule and say, "Here's what we're gonna do. Come be part of this." Um, I know Spiritus Ministries as well in uh, in our diocese does stuff mo- mostly for high school students, um, but maybe they do stuff for young young adults as well. Once in a while, I'm actually not too sure. Um, sometimes religious orders do these things as well. So there are options for uh, if if you're adult for looking into retreats that are being led by someone else as opposed to a completely silent retreat that you may have to do on your own. Um, I do know that there are options sometimes for silent retreats that are led by someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I guess in terms of those of, of those options, which ones have, have you heard of? Which ones would you recommend? I'm sure you recommend all of them because they're all great, but mm-hmm. any thoughts on those to start off with? Yeah, and it's kind of the progression as you talked about it. If, if the thought of a silent retreat is sort of like daunting, as you said. Yeah, there's t- sort of different formats. I mean, you can have a non-silent, you know, preached retreat in the mm-hmm. sense that, you know, a director sort of, whoever's there, they kind of come. He gives conferences throughout the time. You take it and, and you spend time in prayer, but it's not silent. So you have, you know, preached like that. You can do that silent or not silent. You could have, um, you know, directed, like, you know, directed retreats in the sense that, you know, um, you're just sitting down with the spirit director. There's no, like, overarching director that kind of gives these conferences, but you, you know, you sit one-on-one to kind of go through the day. Like I said, in seminary, most of those were like that. Yeah. So, um, but they're not, they're not all like that. So it really just kind of, you know, what kind of type, I mean, if you've never done a silent, maybe, you know, you, you, you don't begin with that. But even like the duration of it, as you said, maybe a day retreat, maybe a weekend retreat. Uh, we do have a Jesuit retreat center here in our diocese that, that do those and offer those as well. So it's just sort of baby steps. But I think I think the biggest step is even just deciding to do one. Yes. If you've never done one before, because like once you, do, you just get the taste of it, and then it's just like, oh my gosh, like I needed this. Yeah. I needed this. Yeah. I, I just, unless we get to that point, I don't think we ever like understand that or no. realize it. But once you've done, you just like, as you kind of allude in your own life, it's, so, like I said, this may be like, once again, the conclusion today, but um, that's the main thing. If you've never done one, sign up for one. Yeah. Do one. And, you know, I I always want to be mindful of people who may not be spiritually in the place yet to take a, a silent retreat. However, that being said, I do think um, if you're a kind of person who is maybe timid of silence, 
sometimes the way to do a retreat then is to immerse yourself in the silence and and then mm-hmm. to challenge yourself and just try it out you mm-hmm. know um i mean the worst that that's going to happen is that you end up being just too quiet and bored probably i mean if, if, if you don't take a silent retreat well um but a silent retreat if you can if, if you can just say i'm going to challenge myself and i, and I, I want to do this it really can be can do absolutely incredible things for your spiritual life. So one of the things that um, I remember telling a student um, one time when they were asking me about silent retreats, I said, taking a silent retreat, any retreat in general, but especially a silent retreat, is like holding up a mirror um, in terms of, of your relationship with the Lord. Like it, it's it's like holding up that mirror to the spiritual life because you see things so clearly for you know for for how things really are. Like yeah. I remember my first silent retreat. One of my reflections I remember writing down was. Uh, was something along the lines of, I cannot believe how noisy my life is. Yeah. And yeah. it was just like, it was just kind of like a, like a realization of how dependent I was on noise. Like mm-hmm. even when I was getting ready in the morning, like after I was done showering at the retreat, I was like thinking to myself like, oh, I should put on some music or a podcast or a video. Like I just like, it's just like, it just inundates my life. Don't and do it. and it still does. Like I, I, yeah. I still struggle with that. But it's one of those things that I, I realize how noisy my life is. And then I was thinking, how can I possibly, possibly hear the voice of the Lord in, in my life if all I'm doing is just inundating myself with silence? Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, inundating my, myself with noise and not giving myself that silence. And so I was, I was struck by that. Um, the second retreat that I remember taking um, out by, by, the, by the, the monks in the monastery was profound for me because I remember that at the time that my wife and I were beginning to have the conversation of, you know, maybe we start, we start a family. And I had a lot of kind of hangups about that. I was, I remember being very nervous. Um, I remember, um, kind of having a lot of excuses of, you know, I I don't know, I don't know if I'm ready for this yet. And, you know, I, and I remember, um, going on the retreat saying, I'm going to pray about them and bring this to the Lord and like, let him really speak in my life. And I was having a hard time hearing the Lord. And so I've always had a very close relationship with, with St. Paul. And so I asked Paul to pray with me, to, to be with me, to help me come to know this. And I remember taking a walk um, around St. Nazian's, and it's pretty it's a pretty small town, so it was quiet the whole time anyway. And I, I was taking a walk around St. Nazian's, and I, said, I, I remember saying, Paul, walk with me. Just take a walk with me and help me understand this. And I was just praying. And I'm like, I, I feel like if I just had the, if I just had these things figured out in my life, then, then I'd have the strength to be ready. Then I know I can handle this kind of thing, right? But these things won't go away. These things are difficult to figure out, whatever they were. And I remember Paul just very gently reminding me of, of the Lord's words to him in Second Corinthians when he said, when, when Paul begs the Lord to take away, you know, his, whatever, the thorn, his sign, the weakness, yeah, whatever it was. And the Lord just says, no, because, it, because in, in my, in your, in your weakness, I'm, I'm powerful. And mm-hmm. it's, it's this, like this, this gentle reminder to him that I, maybe not so gentle, um, that it doesn't matter how weak you are because it matters how strong the Lord is and that mm-hmm. that weakness is going to remind you that I have to depend on the Lord and in that moment Paul reminded me that this next step in my life has nothing to do with my strength to be able to handle it. it has everything to do with my strength to be able to lean on the Lord and I was like oh my gosh it was it was profound I, mm-hmm. I still have it like in a little notebook somewhere in my mm-hmm. house so I wrote it down I just remember wording it through and I just couldn't believe how clear that message was from the Lord mm-hmm. and that's a message I am almost certain he was trying to get to me for a very long time but again i was too noisy to, to hear that and because I, was t- I took that time away it was just incredible it was mm-hmm. just beautiful and so um i think in terms of trying to i mean i feel like we could talk about this for a long time <laughs> yeah but in terms Can I just of just say yeah, one please, thing no, yeah please just because I, I think you bring up a good point i mean sharing you know you went there this was sort of what was on your mind like okay do we begin a family where are we at with that which i just think it brings up a good point is that when we go into retreat 
um, it's good to have expectations. It's good to have yeah. like, okay, I'm going to encounter the Lord in, in a particular way. You know, what do you want to bring? For you, it sounded like, um, you know, what's the future with, with the family? Yep. You know, that's what it is. I always think it's beautiful to have an expectation. Like you're going, you know, to bring something that yeah. maybe you'd like an answer to, whatever it is. So, it, but it, it's a delicate thing. It's having an expectation. Sure. But it's also having the freedom to let the Lord lead. Absolutely. Whatever, you know, so it's like, I always tell people like, it's good to have expectations, but the Lord might not give you nope. the answer to what you're, you're there to be led. Yep. You, you don't, you don't come in there. Like I said, I, I think it's fine to have expectations. It's not like, all right, Lord, these are the terms. Uh, <laughs> let's get to work. You know, sign here. <laughs> it's, I mean, that's not how it is. So it, it's that, it's that balance between, you know, bringing something that you want to pray about, but then also having maybe docility is the better word to be led wherever the Holy Spirit's going to lead you on that yeah, retreat. Yeah. So, um, and that's, and that's something we offer in the vocation office. So we do do priestly discernment retreats and, mm-hmm. you know, they come hopefully, you know, open to the priesthood and maybe Lord, are, are you asking this? So have the expectation to ask the Lord, is this what you want me to do? But also have the freedom and the docility to be like, maybe he's not going to let you know, or maybe he's yep. going to, you know, just, it's just more of like, I just want to be with you. Like, just let me love you in, in this time. And if you walk away knowing that, you've experienced the love of God in a particular way, like mission accomplished. Oh, absolutely. Because it's, yeah, that's something I always kind of struggle with. It's just, I feel like a lot of people don't know how much the Lord loves them. And I mean, I don't know, can we ever fully know? No, we no, can't. Sure. But like, but just in those retreat moments, those are just tend to be privileged moments, tend to be privileged moments where the Lord just really shows that love. And in particular, God the Father, like you are my beloved son, you are my beloved daughter. Just, I just want to be with you because I love rest, you. Yeah, rest in that. Yeah, you know. And if that's if that's the one, if that's one thing you take away from the retreat, success. Yep. Praise the Lord. Yep. You know, this was a good, good retreat. Um, because I mean, bringing up the whole vocational thing, right? This is what the podcast is. Retreats are going to help you grow in holiness. Hundred percent. And if the Lord reveals to you, you know, your vocation, your particular vocation, praise God. Yep. He may, he may not. But I don't think if you're discerning what that particular vocation is, priesthood, religious life, marriage, single life, I mean, it's a good expectation to have, but to be open, maybe he'll let you know, maybe yeah. he won't, but it's never, it's always good to be with him. It's never time wasted. Yeah. And having that, that expectation, I mean, again, like like you said, isn't like a, I'm going to get the answer yep. to this. It's a way to help direct your thoughts in prayer. I mean, mm-hmm. which is, if you're going to go on a silent retreat, is definitely needed. You need something to help kind of direct your thoughts in prayer once in a while. Otherwise, you can kind of just fall into a kind of a lethargic state where you just don't <laughs> want to do anything. But I think in terms of going on retreat in general. So first of all, if you're going to go on a retreat, um, first of all, first and foremost, have an expectation in mind. Have something that you want to be bringing to the Lord, something that you wish to grow in, that you want to ask his help in, whatever it might be. Just bring something. Bring an offering to the Lord in terms of how you want to encounter him on that retreat. Um, and then, secondly, be honest with yourself. If you uh, if, if you really don't think that you can do a silent retreat and that it's actually going to cause you more distress than it is going to be help you grow in holiness, then don't take a silent retreat. Mm-hmm. Then make sure you find a retreat that's that will that will suit the needs that you have at this time in your life because there are a lot of places that, that do those things. And mm-hmm. sometimes if you have the money for it as well, sometimes you can even find a place that you could do a silent retreat, but you could pay a little bit extra to have them create a retreat for you. Mm-hmm. Where they, 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 you can, which is a great option so you should look into that if, if you have the abil- ab- ab- ability to do that secondly though or thirdly i should say in terms of bringing things on retreat what to do on mm. on the silent retreat first and foremost bring a bible make sure you bring scripture along with you even if it's like a small pocket one like i have i have a small pocket one i keep in my in my little briefcase with me that has uh just the psalms and the new testament in it you know mm-hmm. it's just a, just a good thing to kind of pray with once in a while 
Excellent thing to pray. It really is. And so bring that along because sometimes, I mean, first and foremost, if you're not reading scripture, you should be reading more scripture. And that's a good time to do it because you're very quiet. Nothing's going on. It's a good time to just read scripture. So you could say, you know, during this retreat, I want to, you don't have to say, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna read the entire New Testament on this retreat or I'm nope. going to read the entire letter to the Ephesians. It's actually pretty short. But, but that might be kind of one of those goals. Say, I want to begin to read the Gospel of John and just like, just kind of just start reading it kind of casually how you might want to do that, bring a Bible. Also bring some spiritual reading along as well, something that can kind of help guide your thoughts and um, and your prayer. And so my two recommendations are going to be Encounters with Silence by Carl Rahner, which is one that I was given right before I went on my first uh, silent retreat. Um, and it was just, it struck me as unbelievably powerful. To this day, I don't think I've av- actually ever finished the book because I usually get about halfway through and I'm like, I, I need to stop because I just need to pray with these things and bring these things to prayer because they're striking me as important. And then the second one uh, recommendation for a book is one that we talked about in our silence episode that's the power of silence by by cardinal robert Seurat, and um i think that's probably one you'd recommend as well if someone's going to go on that retreat as well but do you have any other kind of spiritual reading texts that you may think that people should consider i mean i know the the ocean of spiritual texts is deep <laughs> is there anything to come to mind yep i mean there's nothing in particular um because it, it sort of depends if you have a director always defer to the director the reason i bring that up is yeah. because i brought a spiritual read on one of mine and he's just like i don't want you to read that Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, but when I did, I, I usually don't try for anything too heavy. To me, I, I would usually bring like a life of a saint. Oh, you sure. Know, just something just a little bit to invite that saint in, but it's it's not heady. It's 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 more just, it's more enjoyable, sort of just like a, a change of pace type of thing. So that, that's what I do. Oh, um, it's great advice. So I don't, I don't have any particular, but that's just usually what I've done. And when I have, and, and the director said, yes, it's usually been a life of a saint. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, you know, have those, nope, but sense. don't be, but, but have the freedom as well to be like, yeah, I don't need to read those either. Yep. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, and bring your rosary along. If, I mean, yep. especially if you want to take walks sometimes, it's nice to just kind of have a rosary yep. and you pray in the rosary, which you should do. Um, I know I, I like to put the, the, the Jesus prayer on the rosary as well mm-hmm. from the East, which kind of helps just, you know, direct my thoughts a little bit more in that mm-hmm. sense too. Um, for me, and this is kind of more in my advice and you, you might feel differently. Um, for me, I needed to find something that had some kind of a structure to it, uh, for, for a day. Cause I'm a very routine person. And if my day is just completely open with nothing to do and nothing going on, I feel more like, like I'm drowning as opposed to I'm floating, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so I think that's kind of more where I feel. And so for me, it was important for me to choose a place like, like the monastery in St. Nazian's because they had meals <laughs> that they were structured time that they all ate meals together they had common prayer that they gathered as a whole community to pray and common time for liturgy and those for me were that was enough structure seeing that all right at you know at, at 6 a.m they pray morning they like they, their mm-hmm. their morning prayer and then they pray again at you know 9 a.m and then again and then they have divine liturgy at 10 30 and then they have this at four and then this at eight you know and like and they said to me join please join us for any of this we'd love to have you there and that was just kind of a good way to keep myself some what on on track for a day i mean mm-hmm. did i mean i think your retreats are a little bit different than that because i don't think you always join the community for everything that, that they pray or do you for those? no i don't no, no okay. i go to yeah. the kind of, I, I mean i enjoy them for mass but sure yeah so i, I kind of make my own and if and it's a good question i mean talk to your priest i mean yeah your priests have been on retreats in, in their own life so if you if you have a day okay this is the day i'm going to spend on retreat um, even if you have like, if you know somebody has like a cabin or something, just to get away. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like if someone like, can I just be there for the day? You know, just talk to your priest and he'll give you a, a rough sketch. I, I think yeah. is a good thing. Um, I know we're getting close to the end here, but yeah. one more thing I want to, I want to advise 
bring your own pillow. Yeah. <laughs> like Ex- sleep. Expect to be sleepy. Yeah. Sleep is important. Yeah. Sleep is huge. Is huge. It is okay to sleep oh, on retreat and take naps. Yeah. Oh, for I always sure. take naps so, on retreat. It's great. <laughs> um, I mean, it just depends on where you go, or whatever. Oh, but sure. like my my point being, like, you don't necessarily have to bring your own pillow, but just <laughs> my, I want to say like. Do not be afraid to rest. No. On retreat. No. It is okay. Yeah. It is also not waste of time. No. You it know. It should be the place you rest that yeah. actually is on retreat. So yeah. I just throw that in there as well. No, absolutely. Because I, I, I do. Yeah. You know, I do too. <laughs> I, I, do rest. I, I find I'm actually very, I tend to be very sleepy on my retreats. Like, I don't know if it's because like, it's just so much more quiet. So it's like now a lot of yeah, stimulation yeah, kind of happen yeah. where my body's like, wow, I'm actually kind of tired. Take a nap. It's great. The last piece of advice that I'll offer here as well, um, and I've always found particularly important, um, not only having spiritual direction either on the retreat, which can be very helpful. And again, even if you're taking a silent retreat, you can have spiritual direction. If you, especially if you're going to a place that has like a religious order or priests or whatever it might be, you can request that. You know, can I have spiritual direction? They'll set up time to do that with you. Um, but I would also very much encourage um, anyone who wants to go on a retreat to go to confession either before the retreat, during the retreat, or after the retreat. But in particular, yeah. with, with, with a particular preference for before the re- or before the retreat or during the retreat, because those things make a huge difference in terms of your reception to God's grace, your reception to who he is when you're kind of predisposed in, in, in a good relationship with him. So go to confessions are very important. But as Father Mark said, make sure you also bring a pillow because you will be sleepy. And that and that and that's a good thing. Like take some time to rest, be with the Lord and just take some naps. Mm-hmm. St. Joseph slept. You know, that's, and he, he got a lot of cool dreams because of it. So yep. maybe you will too in your dreams. Who knows? No guarantee. No guarantee. <laughs> but maybe. <laughs> well, we've actually gone over our time, which is mm-hmm. kind of becoming a normal thing. That's mm-hmm. okay. We, we enjoy this a lot. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, just go and take a retreat. I mean, look into it. Take some time to do that. It's also a really great way to support ministries. It's, it's a really great way to support local ministries or, or your uh, local religious orders. Um, because sometimes, you know, they say, you know, it's, it's a, you know, for a weekend, you know, 300 bucks, whatever it is, you know, for a week retreat. Sometimes it's, it's, they won't even charge you depending on your financial status, but it's a good way to support them because then you're out there growing in community and communing with them. They're getting to know you. You're seeing an example of holiness that's different from the one you see at home. It's a, it's just, all around a very important thing. And if you're looking to grow in holiness, a retreat really is one of the more important ways that you're going to do that because you're taking that time away. You are making that sacrifice with time um, in order to be closer to the Lord just as the Lord Jesus did. It's just so important. So go take a retreat. Just go do it. Go. Go do it. (laughs) Well, Father Mark, would you close us with prayer and give a blessing, please? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you for the gift of silence in the ways that you speak to us and for the gift of retreat to go away, to be with you, to be led by you, to know your love and all that you wish to give us. We ask your blessing upon all those who are listening to this podcast, who are contemplating going on retreat to be with you. We ask that you give them the courage to do so and to give them the spirit of being open, of being docile to wherever you want to lead them. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, everyone, very much for your support of the podcast. Uh, please send your questions to quovodpod at gmail.com. For Father John Girardi, we'd love to uh, give you uh, give him your questions, yes. your, your, your burning questions that we that you know he loves Nothing to answer. Nothing is off limits. <laughs> Nothing's off limits, and he loves answering tough questions. So please send those in to us. Please send your prayers to me and my family as we prepare for baby number two. And 
as you take a retreat, which we know you will. May you always, so. <laughs> may you always be keeping the end in mind.